0: Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi and this is episode 46, Choosing the Right Path. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of this podcast. And also a special thank you to all of you who have been so loving and so supportive as I continue to be in this new phase of my life as being newly engaged. You guys have been amazing with the comments on Instagram and the messages to my Tumblr. And it's truly been an exciting time. Exciting because you really do get into this situation where you're kind of overwhelmed by all of the things that are going on around you. But because so much of my relationship has been God-focused and God-centered, that is a part of the engagement process too. Like It's overwhelming to go through this process of looking at venues and thinking about budget and planning colors and navigating the difficult space of trying to make everyone happy so that they enjoy the event, but also trying to make sure that the event is really just about me and my fiance. It's really just been this challenging time, but also this beautiful time, this blessed time, this opportunity to truly seek God. I really do think that the timing that my fiance chose to propose is 100% on time And it's interesting because we've been talking about marriage since the third week of us dating. I remember us talking about marriage. And my my then boy, well, before he was my boyfriend, he was already talking about how he wanted to marry me. And I thought that that was crazy. And I think he thought it was crazy, too. And when he shared it, it wasn't that he wanted to marry me and he was saying that I was going to be the one. But he was saying very early on that he felt something stir in his spirit. And it's interesting going through this process because his certainty about the future has really just been a comfort to me. I am doing a lot of the wedding planning, and that's not, it's not just falling on me. I have been involving other people in our, um, our family, as well as yesterday I went to three different venues and he was there with me. So it's not one of those things where like, everything is my job, but there is this recognition that people want to know what my vision is and what I want. And having to make those decisions is a little bit overwhelming because you do want to make everyone happy and you do want them to have a wonderful time. But people expect because you're the bride that you know what you want, that you've been envisioning this day since you were four. And that's not my reality. So his certainty about the future, him knowing that I'm the person that he wants to be with for the rest of his life, gives me a sense of peace in this time that can be a little bit overwhelming because there are so many expectations. And one day I'm probably, you know, when I've been a little bit more than, because it's only been three weeks, (laughs) when I've been a little bit deeper into being engaged, I do want to talk about the transition from girlfriend to fiance and the, the kind of emotions that I've been going through as I've both been preparing to be married in terms of the wedding day, but also what it means in terms of my relationship to him and becoming a wife and that transition, that holy transition, that commitment, that eternal vow to each other. That is something that I've been prayerful about, uh, doing Bible study about, really just turning to God about, as I'm also looking for wedding venues. So one day when I'm deeper into this process, I would love to share more of that with you guys. And That's coming, But other than that, you know, I'm really excited to talk about this week's episode, which is about choosing the right path. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about how to understand when God is speaking to you and how to make the right choice. I think it's difficult not only because we don't really understand when God is speaking to us and also once we've heard his voice, how do we discern when it's the right time to move? So I wanted to have a conversation about making the right choices and choosing the right path in a way that is very analogous or on time to the time that I'm in because it requires me to make certain choices in the hopes that I'm making the right choice to lead me down the right path. And I want to have that conversation with you, how we develop discernment, how we know when God is speaking to us. That being said, I definitely want to dive into this week's topic. But if you haven't already done so, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating—a five-star rating on this podcast does a lot in terms of helping us grow, and it also puts a smile on my face to know that I'm not just talking into a microphone by myself. Um, and I know that you guys are out there listening, and I do get that feedback. But you know, every time I log into or I check the page and I see that another person has liked the podcast, another person has left a comment, it really does stir in my. Speech. so use this as an opportunity to go ahead and leave that comment allow me to know that this is touching you in a way that is pleasing to you and also beneficial to your spirit and then it also lets me know what topics are very interesting to you I know the last topic that we talked about when we're talking about boundaries got a lot of positive feedback and I'm hoping that this episode is something that also speaks to you in the situations that you're in also be sure to follow us on Instagram at My strength and my shield, all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSMS Podcast. Not as active on Twitter as I am on Instagram, but I'm trying, I'm gonna try to be a little bit more active on Twitter. And also, if you have any questions, you can always head over to uh, the website at www.mystrengthandmyshield.com or you can shoot me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com I'll give you all that information at the end of the podcast again and you can also go to the show notes on every episode to get more information about the ways to interact with the podcast interact with me let me know what you're thinking and the other things that you want to talk about so let's go ahead and dive into this topic but before we get started I do want to move forward in prayer Dear Lord Thank you so much for this sacred space. Thank you for this time to fellowship with one another. Thank you for this opportunity to focus our mind and our hearts and our spirits on you. So many of us are confused about what to do and where to go, and that fear that we have can make us doubt ourselves, and it can also make us doubt you. Allow us to go into this podcast episode seeking you, seeking an opportunity to listen to you so that you can lead us in the right direction. There are so many of us that just want to serve you, that just want to live a life that's pleasing to you, that want to show you our love and appreciation by doing what you've called us to do. But we often have times where we struggle understanding what are you calling us to do? And then once we find out that calling, when do we act on it? Do we know that a closed door is an opportunity for us to try to open it again or a sign that we just need to stop? How do we make those ultimate decisions? I pray that by leaning on you and by having these conversations, you can open up our spirits to what you've called us to do allows this podcast episode to be an opportunity for us to recalibrate and refocus and make sure that the decisions that we're making are not about our selfish desires, are not about what others want us to do, but really and truly that we focus on you and making the right choices so that we can live a righteous life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right along into the next part of our podcast as always we're going to start the podcast off with the spiritual care section if you're new here the podcast is split into three different sections the spiritual care section where it's part bible study part Uh, you know, a little bit of a sermon, a little bit of an opportunity for me to share some of the spiritual work that I'm doing to give us a foundation for this conversation. I'll always include Bible verses. And then the second part of the podcast, we're going to focus on the self-care section. And that's where we focus on emotional and spiritual wellness, our mental health. And I give you some tips and tricks that I use to navigate my spiritual growth and my self-care and trying to marry the two to show that it's not just about focusing on your spiritual sexuality and not just your self-care, but to be a whole complete person, you have to focus on all of those things simultaneously. And then lastly, I will at the end of the podcast answer a question that was either sent in to me via email or Or through my tumblr so if you ever want to have notes about this podcast episode you can head over to www.mystrengthandmyshield.com there you'll find the worksheet that will have the Bible verses from today as well as the notes from the self-care section a very valuable resource for you an opportunity for you to have something you can walk away with from this podcast episode, something you can refer to in the future, or something that you can read along with as you listen to me sharing with you, Okay, So let's jump right in. I wanted to give a little bit of background for why I wanted to talk about this specific topic today. Today, I finally became a member of my church. And I have been going to my church for well over six years. As many of you know, I go to a church where uh, my now fiance goes. And actually, his parents are the pastors of that church. So I was going to this church for a couple of months before I ever met him. And I started going to that church. I originally got saved at CCC, which is Christian Cultural Center here in Brooklyn. I got baptized when I was 16 and it was an amazing church i very much love the pastor ar bernard it definitely gave me that spiritual foundation that curiosity that hunger for knowing the word of god what i love about that church is that every sunday was more like bible study than anything else they really focus on us understanding what the word is knowing the context for the words um, you know even defining certain words and understanding why certain people in the bible chose or did not choose those words okay So that church was very important for me because it gave me the foundation. But what I was missing from that church experience was fellowship. And there was something on my heart that was tugging me to say I needed a smaller church. And I mentioned that to my cousin. And my cousin was going to what is now my fiance's church, my church. And she welcomed me to a couple of the services. When I actually met my fiance, I didn't know that he went to that church. I just went to a barbecue with my cousin. Did not know it was a church barbecue. And I met this guy. He's 6'5", very loud, very boisterous. He claims he remembers meeting me on that day, but I'm telling you right now, he was so busy being the life of the party, I don't even think he noticed me. But I definitely noticed him. And even in that situation, I didn't know he was the pastor's son. Like I said, I didn't even really know it was a church barbecue. And even then, I had only been going to the church for a couple of months, so I wasn't going around trying to find out who was the pastor's son. Fast forward, I start going to church, me and him connect after the the, um, the barbecue, and then with time, we start to talk about things. We actually connected through my Tumblr, and we had a lot of things in common, and then slowly but surely, I realized who he was. I bring that all together because after that amazing interaction with him and also falling in love with the church you might wonder why it took me so long to be a member and for me i am a person that likes to be very deliberate intentional and purposeful with the choices that i make while i am a person that suffers from anxiety and anxiety as in my mind is going a mile a minute i'm sometimes worrying about what's the next step what should i do I have conversations in my head that will never happen and have never happened, but I'm thinking about the 20 different scenarios. You know, if I walk into my boss's office, I'm thinking about the five different ways that the conversation can go before I've even crossed the threshold, right? But when it comes to me actually taking action and actually taking the right steps, I very much wait on God to let me know when the timing is right. And very much like with. My fiance and I's conversation about when to actually be engaged. It wasn't just, I want to be with you, I want to marry you, let's do it. We very much were thinking about making the right choice and having God lead our steps. So when it came to me and my fiance, our biggest thing was we didn't want to just get married to be married. We wanted to get married when it was time to move in together and when it was time to have kids. So if we weren't coming together for that purpose, there's no reason for us to come together. You know what I'm saying? Like we very much, you know, I've already had that podcast episode about abstinence, definitely did not want to move in, definitely didn't want to have sex before marriage. Um, It's something that we both decided on very early on. And even that decision was focusing on God. And making sure that we're ordering our steps in a way that glorifies God and glorifies our spirit. I think a lot of ways we can find the rationale for doing what we want to do and afterwards ask God to come clean it up. But it's so important that we go to God first. And so while you know, taking the, ch- the step to be married is a very hectic time, when you're making the choices that lead you closer to God, you will get that sense of peace afterwards. And I set, feel a similar feeling of now being in the church. While I will encourage you to 100% get involved in the church, I've been involved in the church. I actually am a part of the Urban Realities Ministry in my church and was doing that before I became a member. The Urban Realities Ministry is where we have um, different conversations every other month where we talk about difficult topics that we deal with as a church and we bring it into the church so that we're having conversations and having it be centered around the wellness of the church. For example, we just had a... um, an event where we were talking about domestic violence. And we had this amazing, powerful panel where a woman who actually was a victim of domestic violence and had murdered um, or was accused of murdering her husband and eventually was exonerated because the laws changed and they recognized battered women's syndrome, where if a woman has been so emotionally abused by their partner or anyone, not just a woman, but it initially was women against their husbands, there was a recognition because of the continued abuse that there should be some leniency in the law and a recognition of self-defense when a woman kill or a person kills their partner. So we had this amazing event. We also had an event talking about um, gender fluidity and gender norms and gender identity. We also had another one about trans rights. We also had another panel about um, sex trafficking. So we have all these things that I was involved in My decision to be a member was because God was pulling on my heart. And He reminded me of why He brought me to that church. Because I didn't go to the church to find a husband, right? (laughs) Like, I was led to that church because the church I was going to in the past was not giving me fellowship. So God, you know, was tapping me on my shoulder, reminding me um, I brought you here to do work, that there's work to be done and that I'm leading you down this path, and I allowed you to choose this path because there's work to be done. So while God is tapping me on my shoulder, there's this recognition that you can't get into a leadership role, a leadership position, if you have not become a member of this church, Okay. Now, you might be asking, why am I going down this long litany of my own personal story when you're coming here to to learn about how do we make the right choices? I'm hoping that in sharing the different parts of my life that you see the importance of doing things like being prayerful, being patient, and being purposeful. Being patient, prayerful, and purposeful. That God is going to put things on your heart, but it's up to you to develop discernment to know when to act on those things. And there's a difference between understanding what God is calling you to do and your own selfish desires. That there's a distinction between having a calling over your life and acting on that calling and you deciding you know what's best for you and you're going to follow that path and hopefully God comes along with you. Those are two separate things. And so as we dive into the word of God, I want to talk to you about the different things, the different ways that God gives us the tools to do what he's called us to do. Okay? I want you to remember that when we're making choices and we're learning how God moves in our life, we have to be rooted in the Word. I get so many questions of people who just want me to give them the quick answer for how to see, you know, how do we listen to God? How do I hear God? How do I get what I want? Which is the underlying question, right? Like a lot of us are not asking to get closer to God just so that we can be closer to him. A lot of it is because you want something and you kind of want to know how you get closer to God so he can answer you in a way that's pleasing to you. And what I'm here to say is a lot of us can't hear God because what God is saying to us is not what we want to hear. A lot of the reason why you might be thinking you cannot hear God is because he's telling you to do something you don't want to do. And you push that aside and you think that that's not really God. And I'm here to say that the reasons that I know when God is pulling at my heart is oftentimes he's pulling me to do things that either I'm not comfortable with or I don't want to do, and also that it will serve others. A lot of us are looking for an opportunity to get closer to God so that he can tell us how to get what we want. We want to hear the voice of God when it means that we get the promotion we're looking for. We want to hear the word of God when it means we get the man that we want, or we get the money that we want, or we get the success that we want. And a lot of times, the frustration that we feel is like if you're not hearing that voice in the back of our head that's telling us how to get these things, then we tell ourselves God is not talking to us. And that's not true. That voice in you that tells you to talk to someone you haven't talked to in a long time because they might be going through it. Or that pers- that voice that tells you to talk to that stranger on the street because there's something wrong with them and you don't really, you know that they need someone to lean on and you can just tell they're going through it. But you might be like, look, I gotta go to work. I got things to do. That voice that tells you to serve other people, that voice that tells you to put yourself to the side, that's God. Our voice is, I want things, I want it now. How do I get it? God, tell me how to get my version of success. And God didn't put you on this earth to be successful. God didn't put you on this earth to make money. And God didn't put you on this earth to get the perfect picture of your life so that you could put it on Instagram. God put you on this earth to serve. And so when you're trying to decide for yourself, how do I get closer to God and how do I get closer to the path that God has for me, required in that is that you humble yourself and you recognize that the voice of God is not going to just tell you to do things to glorify yourself. God is going to speak to you about the ways that you can add to the kingdom. Now that might mean getting involved in ministry. That might mean changing your attitude at work. That might mean changing the way that you approach relationships. That might mean putting yourself out there and volunteering in a way that might make you uncomfortable but might be using your gifts, talents, and abilities to serve somebody else. When we're talking about making the right choice, I hope that you see that if you tuned into this podcast episode to to discover how you can make the right choice to get all of the things that you want in life, that that's not what God is calling you to do. That God wants you to make choices that serve the kingdom. That in this world, in this dark, dark world, we live in a society that has, you know, random shootings and people losing their lives and police brutality and international conflict. And we've got a fool in the White House and we've got people under the banner of Christianity and evangelism, you know, being homophobic and sexist and transphobic and all of these terrible things. Why you were on this world? is to give light. And so when you're deciding how to make the right choices, you have to make the right choices that allow you to be a light in the world. Not a light in the world so that people can look at you and envy you, but a light in the world that shows people that this is what God can do for you. That is your purpose on this earth. You are called to be the person, the example of God on earth. You, yourself, how you interact with people, you are the ministry. You are the church. When they say things like, your body is a temple, they don't just mean, so you got to go to the work and go to the gym and do the work and get fit so your body can be. No, your body, you are the body of Christ exemplified. And so when you're trying to choose the right path, I hope that you recognize that the choice has to be seeking God. So I first wanted to give you, in terms of the Bible scriptures, for this podcast episode in Hebrews 11, verse 14. It's a long passage, so follow me, okay? About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I'm going to read that again. About this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There's so much to unpack in this passage, and I want to take it piece by piece. Because you can hear in the tone of this passage a frustration. Because the passage says, since you have become dull of hearing. It's almost if you if you understand the frustration of being a parent having to tell their kid the same thing over and over again or a teacher trying to get a rowdy class to just listen so that work can be done. That's the tone that I hear in this passage. Because there's this acknowledgement that at this time there should be a certain level of spiritual maturity that you should be at. Because we all know the Bible scripture, you know, When I lived as a child, I walked like a child, I thought like a child, right? So there's this acknowledgement that in your spiritual maturity, there's a little bit of growing up that we have to do. That, yeah, you discover that you give yourself over to God, you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Now, what's next? Well, beloved, that position that you're in right now, once you've already been saved, once you've had a couple of months, a couple of years in the kingdom of God, well, there's work to be done. The idea that you still are not completely firm on who God is and how he works in your life, there's a little bit of disappointment in that. Because not the, the thing about it is once you become a Christian and you accept the blood covering over your life, it comes with responsibility. And so when you're making choices in life and you're trying to decide what the right path is, you should have the spiritual maturity to know that choosing the right path is not about your glorification. It's about glorifying the kingdom. And there's this idea that solid food is for the mature, something to chew on, right? Something to hold on to. That's for those who have powers of discernment and constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I want to encourage you that if you're a person that sometimes doesn't know what God has for you, that the way to discern or discover how to use discernment is through practice. You start small, right? Like, you don't start with God. How do I discern your purpose you have over my entire life? No, 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 no. You start smaller. You start to discern the difference between good and evil in your day-to-day relationships, in your workplace, in your school. How do you navigate yourself? around this difficult life. And then as you start to extrapolate to a bigger vision, how do you interact with everybody? What is your overall purpose? You have to start small. And so the way to develop discernment is to start in baby steps. It's kind of like what I said before. You don't start out wanting your husband and using discernment once you're married. No, no, no. You start from when you're dating. That if you're dating people and you start to feel that it's off, you don't turn off your discernment and decide, well, I want a man, so this is what I'm going to do. I think a lot of the struggles that we have and why we cannot understand what God has over our life is because we've turned off that switch that allows us to develop our discernment. We've spent so much time focusing on me, 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 that we haven't been able to take a step back, see the bigger picture, and to see God's role in our life. So yeah, you know, that person kind of makes you uneasy. You know that's a really toxic friendship, but you don't want to be alone, so you'll still hang out with this person even though even though you know it's not right for your spirit. And yeah, you know, this person isn't right for me, but I don't want to be alone and all my friends are in relationships, so I'm going to stick with them. And yeah, this job is kind of a dead-end job and I kind of feel like I'm doing more harm than good. I'm miserable. The work sucks, but you know what? At least I'm getting a paycheck. Slowly but surely, we stop developing discernment. We stop allowing our spirits to guide us, and more specifically, our relationship with God to guide us. And we begin to turn off that switch, that spirit of discernment. And then we find ourselves at 35 wondering, you don't know who you are, you don't know how you got here, and you don't know where the time went. Because you spent so much time turning off that voice in the back of your head that's God trying to lead you down the right path. You've turned it off. And that's how you can find yourself being an older person but having a very immature spirit because you haven't been practicing. Age is no indication of wisdom or knowledge. Time passes whether or not you take the time to develop your spirit of discernment. So you can be 25, 35, 45, 55, and still be spiritually immature because you've stopped practicing your discernment. It requires training. It it requires work. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to develop that spirit of discernment of how you choose the right path for yourself, you have to start with baby steps. You have to listen to that voice. You have to get back into it. You know, maybe it's been a long time since you've actually had some alone time with God. It's been a long time since you started off the day in prayer or ended the day in prayer. It's been a long time since you've set foot in a church. It's been a long time since you've even thought about going into the ministry. I want to encourage you today as you're listening to this podcast, listening right now, understand that choosing the right path is not just about you. It's about opening your heart up to what God wants you to do and allowing him to order your steps. Understanding that the voice of God is not going to lead you to your own glorification. So if you're waiting for the burning bush to tell you how to make all that money, how to be fly, how how to get the best clothes, how to... Get all the things that you've ever wanted. You'll never hear God if that's what you're waiting for him to tell you. Because God is not a genie. And he's not here to secretly get you all of the things you've ever wanted. You're here to do work. There's work for you to do. And there's ways for you to glorify God in your job, in your school, in your relationships. But you have to remember to to get back to practicing. Practicing that discernment. Practicing waiting on God. Practicing being intentional and purposeful. One of the things that really was put onto my heart, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast a while, you know one of my favorite pod- podcasts is the Say That podcast. And one of the things that they've talked about is that God doesn't rush you. If you're having in a situation where you feel pressured to act or do something, that's not of God. Because God wants you to use wisdom. He wants you to weigh the good and the bad. So if you're in a situation where you're making choices because out of fear or pressure or loneliness, understand that that's how you avoid using your discernment because discernment requires you, as it says in the, in the passage, to, to have practice discerning and distinguishing good from evil. That's what discernment is, distinguishing from good and evil, Dis- distinguishing between what it is of God and what isn't of God. And if you haven't been in the practice of slowing down, taking your time, is this of God? Does choosing these, you could even pull it onto the classes you choose each semester. Is it going to be beneficial to you to take this advanced course? Or do you need to get back to basics? And you might be wondering, how do I choose my classes based off of God? Well, God wants you to be spiritually full. God wants you to be happy. If you choose this class, will you be overworked? Will you be doing work in an area that doesn't add to your, your degree that's actually going to lead you to the work that God is calling you to do? There's ways to make even the little daily choices you have pull you back to God. Does, is this what God wants for me? Do I need to find some quiet, still space where I can really weigh the good, the bad, and the ugly and listen to God, Okay. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is good, What is sorry, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, here in this Bible verse, we hear the concept of testing, Right? In the last passage, we talked about practice. and this one, we talk about testing. It's this idea that you have to try it out, that you don't, you know, I think that we kind of get frustrated when we don't get the answer that we're looking for immediately. And sometimes God is testing us and encouraging us to be patient. I'm here to tell you that one of the most difficult things for Christians to master is this idea of patience. So often we, you know, when we go to God and we want to know the answers, a lot of times it's not because we want to know the answer because it's going to cause us to get closer to God. A lot of times we want to know the answer because we just want to be in control of everything. We want to know all of the information. We want to know the outcomes because if we know the outcomes, then we know whether or not it's worth it to do this work, right? Like if you don't know the payoff of the work that God is calling you to do, you might question why even bother? But I'm here to tell you that obedience to God is a reward in and of itself. Because every time we obey him, we get closer to him. And so I, I don't know how else to say it other than to say, the more you read the word, the more you pray, the more you commit yourself to the work, the choices you make will become easier. You know, I get questions of people asking, you know, how did I know I wanted to be an attorney? Well, in the beginning, I wanted to be an attorney because everyone said that I had I was a loud mouth and I was a bossy and I was a leader. And that's kind of just what people expect you to do when you're a certain kind of person. They kind of put you into that box. Right. But of course, I'm the person that had to go to law school. I'm the person that had to pass the bar. And ultimately, what pulled me to wanting to be an actual lawyer and not just a person who studies law is because I wanted to be an advocate. And I wanted to use the voice and the talents that I have to help other people. And that allows me to do the work that God has called me to do. It's important that we get into the habit of recognizing that what we are called to do is going to have sacrifice in it. And a lot of times we want to know, you know, if someone told me when I started law school that I would be taking a job that's very <laughs> difficult, that would be long nights, that doesn't pay me as well as some of the other jobs. I'm not a corporate attorney, I'm a court appointed attorney. And so if someone were to tell me that, an unsaved version of me would have been like, oh, oh, absolutely not. I'm not doing all of that for no money. You, you must, you must met the other niece, <laughs> you know? But the saved me trusted that God would provide and that even though I would be taking a huge pay cut and even though I would be doing the work helping the people, the poor, the mentally ill, the people that no one wanted to help, the people who curse me out, you know, I'll show up to work in my suit ready to get down to work. And there are people who are either angry or mentally ill who will just be like, so curse me out and they don't care if I'm saved. They will talk to me w- any kind of way. But I have to trust that God has put me here for a reason, and that he's given me purpose, and that it's important that I decide the difference between what is good and what is evil, and that I am here to do good work. There is power in stepping in your purpose, and there's power in listening to God and having him tell you what to do. There's an amount of trust. There's an amount of trust in waiting until God puts something in your spirit. You can ask for a sign. You can ask for help. You can ask for a spirit of, let me know when this is the right choice. For me, my heart feels, I, I kind of get hit in the chest. I feel it in my chest when God is speaking to me. And also, I am able to, because I've you know, done the work to get closer to God, I'm able to make bold choices. I, you know One of the questions that I got was, you know, how, how do you become a more confident person? I'll tell you this right now, I am a person who is anxious, who sometimes has fears, but I make choices not because I'm confident in me, but because I'm confident in God. I trust God way more than I trust myself. I trust God that he'll help me choose the right partner, and choose the right job, and choose the right place to live, and choose the right place to go to law school. I don't know anything. In fact, I, in the past, have made some terrible choices when I rely on my own understanding. But when I wait, and I pray, and I ask for a sign, and I ask for God to work on my heart, and I plead for God to show me the things that I need to do, when I invite him into my heart, and I show him obedience, when I tell him I will tithe, when I tell him I will abstain, when I tell him that I won't be selfish, I won't be prideful, I won't focus on the things that other people want me to focus on, when I promise him I will not be jealous, when I promise him I'll be content with what he's given me, when I obey, when I listen, when I'm patient, the path is clear. When you're walking right with God, the path is clear. And if you're in a situation where you've never felt that conviction of I'm doing the right thing, I encourage you to seek God because when you're living a certain kind of way, the answer is clear. You know which person should be in your life. You know what job to take. You know which move to go. It only feels foggy and uncertain because you're waiting for God to tell you what the end result is. And you will never have God tell you ultimately the entire plan. But if you can step out on faith and be like, you know what, no matter what choice I make, God will have me. Yeah, I'm going to make this choice, and I don't know if it's the right or wrong choice, but I do know it's the choice that makes me feel closer to God. God will order your steps. God will help you take the next steps. And the last thing that I will say is, it's very important that you understand that choosing the right path, if your goal is to get closer to God, like I said, there will be sacrifice built into it and there may even be discomfort. So if you ask for God to show you what to do and you make a choice that leads you to an uncomfortable situation, know that that doesn't mean you've made the wrong choice. It just means that God is showing you and is putting you in this position to grow you and stretch you. So if God has led you to take this job in Oregon and to move away from your friends and family, you might get out there and be like, yo, this is uncomfortable. I don't know anyone here. Why would God tell me that this is a good idea? You're there. You're still there for a reason. Just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's the wrong path. We have to let go of the idea that following God means success. Following God means money and all the things that we've ever wanted. If you put it in your mind that God has called you to do work, you understand that the sacrifice and the obedience brings you closer to God. It may not bring you closer to 50 stacks. It may not bring you closer to all the things that you want and dream and hope for in terms of monetary things. But there is such a peace when you do what God has called you to do, when you serve others, when you feel that closeness. And, and you stop being isolated and focusing on yourself, and you pour into other people. There's a blessing in that. So I hope that this section about making the right choices kind of changes the way that you think. That you may have come to this podcast episode thinking that I'm going to give you a 10-step plan for choosing how to make your life perfect. But the thing about it, beloved, is I'm not going to give you that because that's not what God has called you to do and what is what God has called you to be. God hasn't called you to be perfect and to get all the things that you want. God has called you to do work. You are here to be a blessing to others. And if you came here looking for a way to get all the things and all the blessing that you want, I hope this episode has caused you to shift your focus. Because there is a certain amount of spiritual maturity that God is asking of you. You have been saved. Your spirit is free. You have been given his love. And in that, you can do anything. So let's get to work. Make the choices that bring you closer to him. And when you get into that habit, right, that practice, you have those tests so that you learn how to discern. When you practice that discernment, your choices later on become easy. Get out of the habit of turning off that voice so that you can glorify yourself and turn back on that voice that tells you, no, no, no. Let me seek God. Does this glorify God? And everything that you do, begin to ask yourself, does this glorify God? Does this bring me closer to God? Does this friendship bring me closer to God? Does this relationship, does this job, does the way that I eat bring me closer to God? How I treat my body, does that bring me closer to God? The things that I say to myself, does that bring me closer to God? Begin to analyze your life through the lens of deciding, is this good for me and my spirit? And is this good for the spirit of others? And that will help you discern how to make the right choices and how to find the right path that God has for you. this self-care section, I wanted to talk briefly about something that I find to be extremely helpful, which is journaling, okay? I'm a person that on this podcast and in my personal life, I'm a huge fan of self-reflection. If you've seen, I had an episode called Apologizing to Myself, and I've had a lot of conversations where I'm reflecting on the choices I've made in the past, the person who I was prior to being saved, and now the person that I am today, And also, I've also talked about the fact that I love me a gratitude journal. I love me a planner. I'm very much a person who loves to write it down, to make it plain, to have a to-do list, to have something that you can look back on to measure your accomplishments. And so I want to talk to you about the different ways that you can use journaling in your life as a way to help you, not just with your spiritual growth, because some people have a prayer journal, some people have a gratitude journal, but I also think there's benefit in just having a journal every day. OK, I'm a big fan of having daily things you can do consistently that you put into your day to day life that help you to have a point of reflection so that you don't just go through the motions of life. As I said in the past, the, this, the other section of this podcast, time passes regardless of what you do. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday come. And the way that you avoid it being Friday and you're wondering where the week went and Sunday and you're wondering where the weekend went is, are you taking time to slow down? And are you really taking time to reflect? And are you really taking time to both appreciate the days that you have and also plan for your future and reflect on the past? So I'm here to encourage you and talk to you about the different ways that you can use journaling. I can be very honest. I'm a person that has started and stopped many journals, Okay, I have so many journals that are half written, half full. I was just going through, um, you know, I just moved into a new apartment. And I was trying to decide, do I need an actual bookshelf? Or can I make use of the space that I have? And so I was flipping through all these random books that I have. And I have so many journals, beautiful journals, half full. But I will say, in looking back at those journals, it really has helped me to see where I was at certain points in my life. I have journals where I try to write down you know, weight loss goals. I had journals where I was just writing daily journals. I had journals that were prayer journals. I have so many different places to reflect on. And also, as I was going through my stack of books, I also came across my yearbook. Okay, And I was also, uh, my fiance is getting new furniture in his place this weekend. And so I was flipping through, you know, he showed me his yearbook and it was wild to see who he was when he was in high school. Um, but it's interesting that we used to have yearbooks when we were in high school and even in some colleges, but we don't really have yearbooks anymore. We don't really have anything to really commemorate. You know, we have photos, photos show us where we are and what we've done. But a lot of times, it's good to look at the different mindsets that we've had, because I can look at pictures that I had from college where I was smiling with my friends, but I was absolutely miserable inside of my own head. And so journaling is an opportunity for you to just reflect, for you to pause, Okay, I think it's a good idea to start your day off with journaling. You can either start your day or end the day. I tend to think that starting the day with a journal is powerful because by the end of the day, you might be a little bit tired. Or you might start to get into the habit of, you know, you might fall asleep on the, you know, watching TV or on the computer, and you wake up and you haven't had an opportunity to just reflect on the day or the previous day. So I have, um, I've talked about the fact that I'm a person that wakes up at 6 a.m., even though in the past I really only needed to get up at 8. And having that extra time allows me to really reflect and fellowship. I've also recently started working out in the morning, um, but also setting aside some time to write in my daily gratitude journal. I think that writing at the beginning of the day just allows you to be a little bit more consistent. But you can also figure out what works for you, right? Because there are some of us that kind of just roll out of bed. And so if you were to put it in the morning, you'd end up being inconsistent because you're always running out of the door with a coffee in your hand and a, half, a half-eaten um, piece of bread because you haven't had a chance to have breakfast. So if you find that you're a little bit more relaxed at the end of the day, that might be when you want to do your journaling. But I encourage you to find a specific time of the day consistently. if you want to do journaling as soon as you come home from work or school, that's a good habit to do. Again, I want to caution you from just saying I'll do it before I go to bed because I've had so many instances where I've fallen asleep as opposed to going to bed, and I wake up frustrated, and that's how you end up with these blank pages in your journal. or these, you know, you get out of that habit. You might have been going for three months writing your journal. And I know for me, I've gotten out of, you know, fallen. And that's how I end up with half-written journals, is because I've fallen out of the habit, right? So I've been really trying to be more consistent with journaling, really uh, appreciating the time that I, I'm dedicating to me and reflection, and in anticipation of the person I'll be in the future, looking back and reading, and not trying to, you know, I'm not writing a memoir, right? So I don't have to write in a nice way so that the person in the future gets this nice version of me. But I do think it's important to be in, you know, have in mind the person I'll be in the future, who's looking looking back, who may just want to see what is honestly going on in my life, what's honestly going on in my mind. So I try to make sure that when I'm journaling, I'm honest. Um, So I encourage you to journal. I encourage you to look out different kinds of journals. So the first thing is to journal in general, to find a consistent time to do it every day. The second thing to focus on is the different ways to journal. You can either have a guided journal that has the pages with like um, there are some journals that have a question of the day. And you just answer that question of the day. That question might be, how are you feeling today? Or it might be a unique question. You can also have a gratitude journal. So I've talked about um, the Happier Mind journal, which is what I use. It's a journal that has time at the beginning of the day and also at the end of the day, where you kind of plan for the day in the morning. And then you kind of reflect on the day in the evening. And it's a really good way for you to get into the habit of reflection and planning and preparation. But that's a more guided journal. Some people like a blank journal, OK? So when you're journaling, you might want to think about how you write. So there's some people that write, dear Nisi, right? So I'm Nisi. You might be writing to me in the future that's going to read. You might want to write to the old you, so kind of sharing who you are today. And you know, like I said, I had the, the podcast where I was talking about apologizing to myself in the past. So you could be writing to a younger version of yourself, You could be writing to a future version of yourself. You could be writing to yourself, just today. So you can write to yourself. You can have a Dear God journal, which I find to be really beautiful because some of us don't really know how to pray. And prayer is just a conversation to God where you're asking him to come into your heart and letting him know what's going on with you. So if you're a person that's trying to develop how do you pray, writing to God in a journal is a beautiful way to write your prayers down and to have it have that meaning, that meat that you're looking for. So you can write your journal, starting it off with Dear God. You can also just have a daily journal. Like, today I did X, Y, and Z. And you don't have to have it be like a letter to anyone, but you can just have it as a record of what went on today. This is what happened at work. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm doing emotionally. Okay? So in this self-care section, it's a very simple encouragement to do something that allows you to have a daily check-in with yourself. I know what it's like to go through the motions. I know what it's like to just have time pass. I know what it's like to be like, oh my goodness, it's senior year of college. What was I doing for the past four years? I know what it's like to be walking across that stage of law school and be like, oh my goodness, I will never see these people again. What have we been doing for the past three years? Take some time to allow the journals to be your own marker for the passage of time. When you're in school, it's easy to mark the seasons, right? Like it's the new semester, so it's a new time to reflect. But when you're an adult and you're not, a, I don't want to say adult, when you're no longer in that structured format of school, you still need to f- put into things opportunities to reflect. And you don't have to wait until New Year's to have New Year's resolutions. Journals can help you keep accountable, especially if it's a dear niece or a dear God or a, you know, writing to yourself. Or, you know, a documentation of the goals that you have. It allows you to use this time to hold yourself accountable, to be there for yourself today and for the future version of yourself. So that's the self-care tip. I would encourage you to look into journals. I will leave the recommendation for the Happier Mind journal, which is what I use, which is what I love using. And also um, just encourage you to do some research. There's amazing journals on Amazon. Just look for Something that's going to help you want to use it every day. So if that means getting a journal that's really pretty on the outside, that's going to catch your eye, and putting it on your pillow so before you have a chance to fall asleep, you know you have to write in your journal, or something that looks a little bit more official, something that helps you to feel like I'm you know, I'm intentionally writing in my journal. So you might want something that's leather-bound with a little um, bookmark in the middle, like a little little rubber band around it that helps you feel like it's super important. I'm looking at my um, my Moleskine journal next to me, which is this bright red um, with a rubber on it, a rubber band around it that feels super official and super heavy. Whatever makes you feel excited to write in your journal to take some time to yourself, I'd encourage you to do so. So that is the self-care section for this podcast. <laughs> Finally, beloved, we are find ourselves at the last section of the podcast where I answer a question that was sent into my Tumblr or into my inbox at G- on my Gmail. So if you ever have a question that you'd like to be answered on the podcast, you can shoot me a message at StrengthenShieldPodcast all one word, at gmail.com, or you can send me a message on my Tumblr. And if you don't know, I have a Tumblr called Your Big Sis Nisi, so it's Y-O-U-R. B-I-G-S-I-S-N-I-S-S-I. And there you can send me a message. You can write for the podcast. But sometimes if I get a really good question from the blog, I will just answer it. And that's one of the questions that we have today, okay? So I got an anonymous question sent to my Tumblr inbox. And it says, can you be in a healthy relationship and still feel insecure about elements of yourself but are aware and working towards fixing it? And this is my response, and I'll go into it a little bit deeper. My response was, yep, you don't have to be perfect or have 100% no insecurities. Committing to working on things, not being toxic, and not making your partner responsible for your insecurities are all necessary to keep a relationship healthy, even with insecurities. Like, there are days when I might feel unlovable, but if my partner is showering me with love, That insecurity is something I have to work on on my own, not burden my partner with. And it's my job to not let my feelings allow me to mistreat him, okay? So that was my answer, and I'll go into it a little bit more deeply. There is this old adage that you cannot love someone else if you don't love yourself first. And I would say that that's not 100% true, um, because I think that our feelings of self can go up and down. You may have a season where you feel 100% in love with yourself and other times when you're feeling very low. And if you know what healthy love looks like, you can still love somebody else while working on yourself. I will say that if you don't have a healthy sense of self, it is harder to love somebody else. So for me, if I'm going through a season where, let's say, I'm struggling with how I see myself, maybe I'm not feeling adequate at work, maybe I'm, you know, some old trauma is coming up to, to bother me, to haunt me, or maybe I'm struggling with my own self-esteem. If I already have a healthy understanding of what love is, I can deal with my own stuff without making my partner suffer. But I will say that that's very hard to do. It is very hard to love on somebody else when you're consumed with whatever's going on in your head. So what I will say is that while it's not required that you love yourself in order for you to love somebody else, it is a requirement that you get back to loving yourself so that you can love them in a healthy way. What I mean is, even on my darkest day, when I doubt myself, I don't get to the point where I hate myself so much that I feel worthless. And if the person I love is loving on me, I don't even want to hear what they have to say. If I get to that point, I know that I have to go back to therapy. Or if I get to that point, I need, I know I need to take some space. Because for me, when I commit to being in a relationship with you, I'm not just committing to being monogamous and committed to picking up the phone when you call and hanging out. I'm also committing to working on myself. I think that's the part of relationships that we don't talk about enough, is that the commitment is not just for how you relate to the person you're dating. It's also with how you relate to yourself. And if you have self-esteem issues, or if you have suicidal ideations, or if you battle with depression and anxiety, it is your job to deal with that, because it's not fair to you, for you to make your partner your therapist, or for to use your partner as a cure for the terrible ways that you feel about yourself. It is not okay for you to have a partner that says, I love you and you're beautiful, and you say, you don't know what the heck you're talking about, I'm ugly, I'm disgusting, that's really hard for someone who loves you to see you deal with. And that's not to say that sometimes you won't have, like like I said in my example, if I feel unlovable and my partner showering me with love, there are times, and I was just talking about it on my Tumblr, um, that sometimes it's terrifying how certain my fiancé is that he wants to be with me. Like, there are times when I don't even want to be around myself because I'm just like, ugh. Nisi, how come you're not? Do- you have so much that you need to do, and you're being so lazy right now, and you're making things harder for yourself. And da 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 da. And I can beat myself up. And so when I'm faced with somebody who is so loving, you can start to resent that person for loving you because you don't love yourself. And that's why it's so important for me to continually work on that. That. I have to trust that, okay, well, God loves me. So even if today I don't love myself, I have to know that God loves me. So I have to treat myself with a little bit of respect. There has to be that silver lining where you can bounce back. You can have your low moments, but a part of being spiritually mature and also being an adult is that your own happiness is 100% in your hands. And to expect someone else to be the source of your happiness isn't healthy. So when you don't love yourself, there's almost an act of self-sabotage when you begin to love on another person instead of loving yourself. Like you should be loving yourself, but let's say you hate yourself and you start spending 100% of your time trying to love on the other person and you're neglecting yourself. You may risk making yourself exhausted and smothering and suffocating the other person, okay? There has to be boundaries. There has to be a recognition that you have to take care of yourself. It's so important that you don't use your relationship as a distraction from the other things that you have to work on. In fact, what I found is that being in a relationship requires me to work on myself even more. When I'm by myself and I'm not really harming anybody else, I can stay in my house and you know, think all the terrible thoughts and be as miserable as I want to be. But when I have someone in front of me that's willing to work on themselves so they can love me, I owe it to them to do the same. And this is just my personal opinion. Like this isn't one of those things where there's a list of how you're supposed to be in a relationship. I can only speak from my own experience, and my own experience is that when you do have a love, a healthy relationship, someone who loves on you, there's this this tug in my heart that never lets me feel so low about myself. Like You know, my partner has talked to me about how I I inspire him and that I make him a better man. And does that mean that I, you know, when he says I make him a better man, he doesn't mean I've taught him how to cook and clean and made him an adult. (laughs) No, because I'm not his mother. But he wants to give me the love that he thinks that I deserve. So he never lets himself get that low. And he's talked about, um, if you listen to the podcast episode where I interview my now fiance, he's talked about dealing with depression and how important it is for him to get back on his own feet so that he can be there for me. Because when he sees himself as a provider, he doesn't see it in terms of money. He sees it as being emotionally there to provide for me and emotionally there to build a family with me. So he knows he has to take care of his depression. He has to take care of his mind. He has to take care of his responsibilities. Because when he invites somebody else into his life, he has to be able to take responsibility for those people that he has said he will take care of. So that's my advice. Like, no, you don't have to 100% think that you're, you know, you're the the unicorn and you're special and you're beautiful and you're perfect in order to love somebody else. I think that it's 100% natural to sometimes look in the mirror and be like, dang, girl. And then other times you can't even look at yourself in the mirror because you're so upset with yourself. But I will say that you have to be mindful of that. Whatever you have to do to serve as a reminder to pick yourself up off the floor, you have to do it. You have to. When you invite somebody else into your life as a partner, they depend on you. They are looking for consistency. They're looking for you to be their rock. That doesn't mean that you can't lean on them to be your rock as well. But you just have to be mindful of exhausting the other person by not also being there in a way that's healthy for them. It's a balance. There is going to be times when my fiance needs me more. There are going to be times when I need him more. It's a balance. It's an ebb and flow. But if it ever became one sided because one person hated themselves so much that they couldn't provide a loving environment. And I will also say that it's hard to be around a person that doesn't love themselves. It's hard. There's only so much time you can watch them you know, fall into you know, addictive behaviors and damaging actions and you know, watch them go into a spiral. It's hard to watch somebody you love spiral out of control. It's hard. So, if you need some time to spiral on your own and you don't think you can be in a relationship and you need a little bit more help, you know, you need to talk to someone like a therapist. You need to talk to, you know, the suicide hotline. You need to talk to family and friends. Do that. You know, there's nothing wrong with taking some time and articulate that to your partner. You say, you know what, I really love you, but this depression thing, let me deal with that and I'll come back. And it might hurt them, but they'll understand instead of you just disappearing, right? Get the help that you need and the support that you need. Work on your insecurities. And is also, if one of your insecurities causes you to be jealous, even if the person you're with is faithful, that damages the relationship. So, you know, that's my answer. You know, they said, are you know, can you be in a healthy relationship and still feel insecure about elements of yourself but are aware and are working towards fixing it? It's just important that you focus on the working on fixing it. Because being aware of your insecurities is not as beneficial as working on it. And like I said, when you're committed to being in a relationship, you're not just committing to that person, you're also committed to working on that relationship with yourself. And you need to have the spiritual and emotional maturity to know when to walk away for the benefit of you and also for the benefit of your partner. So that's it, beloved. That finds us at the end of episode 46. Thank you so much for tuning in all the way to the end of the podcast episode. If you haven't done so already, before you go ahead and turn off this episode, head over to iTunes to leave a rating and comment on this podcast episode. And also, if you've never had a chance to talk to me either on my Tumblr or after listening to a podcast episode, be sure to shoot me an email. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Let me know how you found yourself here, why you're here, Um, Let me know if you have any suggestions for what you would like me to talk about. And also, you should definitely follow me on Instagram. I'm way more active on Instagram than I thought I was going to be. It's been amazing interacting with you guys. Um, I'm using Insta stories to help me write some polls and to get your feedback. I've also started doing prayer requests through Instagram. Um, I've also been having a lot of fun sharing some of my spiritual growth. So I just put up a video from the day that I became a member. So you can watch me awkwardly explain to the church why I've been going to the church for six years and have not been a member. So you can head over to um, the Instagram, which is my strength and my shield, all one word. If you have any other questions or um, want to listen to some more of the old episodes of the podcast, you can head over to www.mystrengthandmyshield. There you can also look at the ebook that I wrote. I wrote an ebook called Take Care Beloved. It's a resource to help you on those low days, to help you with some Bible study, with some prayer, with some words of encouragement, and also some self-care tips. So I've got a lot of good stuff in in store for you listening to this podcast. I'm so excited to share with you some of the developments going on in my life. And be sure to talk back to me. Be sure to let me know what's going on in your life through social media, or by dropping me an email. And until the next episode, take care of yourself, beloved.